You're listening to Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince. Every two weeks, they give their thoughts on movies, TV, and anime. perspective than the target audience which was the kids i i remember when they they first came out and trying to explain pokemon to my wife because she was like what what is this and because our our three eldest were into it at the time our, our youngest wasn't born yet and and i basically said it's it's cockfighting but for kids because that's what it is. Jesus Christ. You, you <laughs> capture creatures and you fight them against each other in a ring. It's quite literally cockfighting for kids, but presented in such a fun, collectible manner that, you know what? Eh, whatever. <laughs> There's worse things in life. And yep. it came at a time where initially it was very much the, the shows and all that, not the games quite yet there were some early on but the the shows and movies and everything that the kids were so much into it hell we probably still have some of the vhs's in the basement from some of those that we bought for the kids um but i mean it it, it kind of it, it initially was something i don't know if it's the same for you but for us it was like we just kind of put it on the background and the kids would watch it and we we'd watch some of it with them kind of thing but it was never like a, a be it a Pixar movie or or even some of the the Disney movies that we would watch with the kids that we got a lot out of. The the movies by and large early on were very much for kids. Well, in our opinion, and then the games came out, and then it became a little bit more fun for adults to kind of dip their toe in and have fun with playing the games as well. And there was that obvious point too, where like even myself was picking up the, 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 the DS games or the, we had the earlier ones too, but for, for me to play, for me to play, like I didn't buy it for the kids. I bought it for me <laughs> to play with other people. I, I distinctly remember uh, before I was working from home full time when I was at the office, I brought in my, my DS and a buddy of mine who worked as well had his and we were playing Pokemon against each other it was after hours we'd finished our shift but it was funny because like there were other quote unquote adults around us one of them being in a higher position than us going what the fuck are you guys doing and you're going like we're playing pokemons <laughs> <laughs> and and it kind of transitioned at, at one point and that just kept going like with all of the games that have come out now you have this generational effect where a lot of people who are of older generations are playing this any any one of the Pokemon games or Pokemon Go on their cell phones or watching the shows or whatever. I mean, it is the top um, grossing, the highest grossing media franchise in the world. They are estimated at 90 billion us dollars and to put that into perspective because some people might think yeah right star wars is the tops star wars is fifth at 65 billion pokemon is first at 90 like it's unbelievable how much money and interest there is in them and i mean they they churn that out through the games and that's why you get games that aren't always the best but it's because they're churning them out to keep that interest going for all of the future generations that come up like they're very intelligent about the the marketing and the release schedules and things like that when detective pikachu was announced it was one of those things that touched on what people wanted from pop culture at that time 
very specifically because it was also Ryan Reynolds who was who was going to be doing the the lead role, right? And Deadpool as Pikachu. Exactly. It's just it was one of those. Yeah, we need this right now. This is this is going to be very lighthearted and fun, and just be something that we can enjoy and not feel guilty about, not not think about the crap that the world is in. Let's just have fun with the concept of Deadpool as Pikachu. Now, I got the film, and I initially I was thinking, before I pass this past, you know, my wife and, and our youngest, who is living with us still, of course, he's in his 20s now, he's still in school, I thought, I should probably watch this first, because I'm not going to subject it to something that is just bad, you know, objectively bad, which the potential was still there, regardless of it being Ryan Reynolds. It's not like he didn't screw up Deadpool before Deadpool. It's possible. And so I watched it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It wasn't one of those, this is spectacular, everybody has to watch it, but it was like, okay, this is absolutely good enough to watch. And there was one scene in particular, which everybody's in bed, it's like midnight or one at this point, and I was laughing to the point of near tears for one of the scenes. So then I watched it again with my wife and son, and it was even better. And then when we decided on this episode... (laughs) I watched it again. Oh, my God. Now, I would not have watched it again were it not for the podcast, but I want it to be ready because it's been a while since we watched it now, and pain meds being what they are, the memory ain't what it's used to be, so I thought I need to watch this again. And I did skim through a bunch of parts, but surprisingly, I still watched a lot of it. I watched it during the day as I was working, on my breaks and and lunch and then afterwards after while my wife was working on supper I just was plowing through and and watching it and you know what on third viewing it was even freaking better like I was able (laughs) to appreciate different things because I wasn't paying attention to what you would if you were just kind of being brain dead and here take me on this journey and concentrating on very specific lines that are delivered for a punchline or different story beats or things like that. But I was actually really kind of, okay, let's kind of dig into this a little bit more for not just the performances, but also the writing. What's being said, what's being done, is it clever and things like that, while still keeping in mind that this is very much a show for kids, but it's one of those show for kids that adults can enjoy as well. And I, and I, I really, I want to go into this with the very clear understanding. I'm not suggesting this is a must-watch film, especially for adults, but man, if you have any children in your life, you're kind of missing out if you're not sitting down with them on a Sunday afternoon with a bowl of popcorn and them in your arms watching this show, there are so many elements to it that I thoroughly enjoyed still during my third viewing. So you having now only watched it once, where do you sit on the fence? So, um, well, first, like I got into Pokemon through Pokemon, actually probably through wow and pet battling and then Pokemon go. Holy but crap, I have a you five-year-old late to the party. Oh, yeah, very. Well, like, so Pokemon came out in 96, and I was still in college, and some of the kids who came to Beloit brought their Nintendos, uh, brought their uh, Game Boys, they brought their Pokemon with, and they played, and I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I don't got time for this. I have, like, RPGs to play, not in, like, games to run, not video games to play. Um, it was the one time in my life where I did not have a console on but I did have like a lot of computer games. So I'm not on a high horse. It was just different. Oh, no, no, I understand. Yeah. So, and I know I watched the Pokemon movie and I don't remember where I watched it, who I was with. And I'm talking about the first one that came out in 98. Yeah. Um, and the card game came out, what, in like 99? Published by oh. Wizards of the Coast? I don't know exactly. I think it was earlier than that, actually, because I remember buying those cards with my my daughters because at the time my uh i was playing um magic with my eldest son so we were always in the card shop on like saturdays we would go to the card shop with the kids and i'd buy him some cards and and we would we would play magic the gathering so when 
when Pokemon came out, well, the girls were suddenly like, hey, now there's something that we can play as well. So then I, it was fucking expensive. As much as I love <laughs> trading cards, it gets expensive after a while. It's very, it's a very time-consuming and money bank account consuming hobby um, oh yeah that's why i'm the one that buys them for my nephew yeah. like, i try to so that my brother can go spend stuff on so you played you know, the card clothes. game as well only when my nephew asked me to right um i like a thing about me like i don't play card games and we can go into that at a later date um it has to do with me running a game for over 24 hours and having some of my guests just be like, yeah, your game is awesome, but we're going to go play magic and no card game sense with one exception. So if you ever talk about games again, I'll talk about the card game that I played any other than like poker. Right. Um, So I am hyper late to the Pokemon phenomenon. But when I finally went into that, you know what? I watched the show on occasion just because like, I'm like, I'm so exhausted from whatever I was doing. I'm just going to put on the TV. Pokemon's on. Fine. Pikachu's cool. Uh, Squirtle was my favorite because uh, of, like, Bloit has a thing with turtles and squirrels, so you combine the two. Like, of course, makes perfect sense for me and my Midwest brain. But with my niece and my nephew, like, I have gotten in so hardcore with this. Like, Shannon and I were really hurt when um, Patrick went to a birthday party and they watched Pokemon the movie and they went to the movie theater as a group. And I was like, well, we were supposed to be, it was going to be movie number two. Um, So like last night when we watched Pokemon during a, you know, every weekday we take time, put the phones up and we just like hang out with each other. And we watched, you watched Pokemon the movie and Shannon was like, you blamed it on me, I'm sure. Oh, no, no, I said, I didn't blame it. I'm just like, she wanted to watch it. Like, my wife is a gamer and a closet nerd. Um, D&D is too much for her, but I think that's just a front. I think she would actually really get into it. But I digress. Um, We laughed the whole time. Shannon was like, oh, my God, what is that one? It's so cute. And then when Pikachu gets hurt, she was nearly in tears. Oh, my God. No, Pikachu. So we loved it. I thought uh, I, I, um, it did strike me a little bit like uh, the same kind of content vehicle that Standler and Waldorf are for the Muppets. Like they're the guys cracking the jokes that go over the heads of the kids, but land directly for the adults. Yeah. So, which I'm totally fine with. Well, you um, need that. But yeah, you do. Cause otherwise you're like, oh my God, come on. This is, you, we know what's going on, um, but, we, you know, we just turn off your brain, enjoy the ride, watch Ryan Reynolds as Detective Pikachu. It's great. Oh, but also, um, the main actor, uh, Kid, whose name is, I literally watched last night, I can't remember the Jesse character's Smith. name. Are you was talking about Tim Goodman? Tim Goodman, right. Yeah, that's uh, Justice Smith. Yeah, just, I knew his real name. Justice Smith, he was great. Like, he was, I totally bought him as like this kid who has suffered a lot of loss in his life and is like sworn off Pokemon because of all sorts of issues tied in with his dad. Like Justice Smith was phenomenal in this movie. Like I, I don't, I need to see him in other stuff. I appreciated him a lot more again in this third viewing today. Um, I, it was one of those when I was watching it the first time, because the show starts off and you are, I mean, it starts off, we're kind of going to blend the conversation here, going over parts of the movie and just kind of deviating. But the the show starts initially with the the intro to the secret lab and, and to Mewtwo, which, if you know anything about Pokemon, is apparently the most dangerous of them all. And immediately you have this sense of, of, of like, holy crap, this is going to be a lot better than I thought in terms of of how good it looks. Because having primarily just seen the, the, the anime for it, and even then only a few kind of thing that we watched with the kids, it was one of those, okay, well, what can we expect for a quote-unquote real-life version of this? 
And yes, I understand that special effects are a lot further than they were back in the 2000s, the early 2000s, but still how, you know, what are they going to be able to do with this? And then you see fucking Mewtwo breaking out of this containment field thing and blowing through the roof of a secret lab, chasing after a car like a fucking guided missile. It was glorious. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, all right, this will be fine. And then you see uh, it cuts to Tim Goodman, who is a, he's not even a Pokemon trainer, which is the normal trope that you see in Pokemon, both games and movies. He's just a guy. And he actually doesn't want to be around Pokemon. And it's his buddy who convinces him to to do this, which coincidentally, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it properly, Karen, Karan, Sony, who was the Pinder in Deadpool also working with yeah. Ryan Reynolds. I'm kind of thinking that helped him get this role as well, but he was fantastic in it. But this is where I had a little bit of a problem. Not problem, but it was one of those, it took me a few beats to kind of realize what this movie was, who these people are. Because Justice Smith, especially in this role, clean-shaven kind of thing, doesn't look very old. And so when he's hanging out with his buddy, Jack, and they're going to try to catch a Cubone, which was hysterical, um, (laughs) it's one of those, you guys aren't kids anymore. Like, he works at an insurance company, and we don't know what his buddy Jack does, but presumably enough that he's successful in leaving town to pursue his career these guys are in their early 20s but because of casting and because of how these guys look they still look like they could probably pass for late teens so it kind of took me a few beats to recognize oh no 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 this is this is a young adult now this is a not a teenager but in his early 20s and still trying to figure out who he is as a person and still trying to come to grips with everything that's happened in his life, which as the film progresses, you appreciate the the seriousness of his loss and why he's justified in feeling that. And then the yeah. fact that he feels like his father, he blames his father for a lot of things as well, makes sense. So there's a lot of beats there where you're like, okay, this character is actually deeper than first viewing and and maybe even second again when you're really kind of digging into a lot of the different scenes because they they throw these lines in but then don't really address it until much later on if at all like when he throws the the that first pokeball at that cue ball and it it hits it what he says is still got it So up until that point, he said, like, I'm not interested. I don't want this. And that continues later. And yet you have this throwaway line of, but he used to. There was a point in his life where this was important. And it's literally three fucking words that are just kind of thrown out there. And you have moments like that throughout. And I really appreciated that in the writing. Yeah, I find that um, the basic mystery of what happened, well, the minute... Like we go to Rhyme City, which uh, Shannon looked at me and said, "Did they say Crime City?" I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we thought it was Crime City for a hot second, but when it's Rhyme City, uh, and he goes in there, and we are introduced to uh, Bill Nye and his son um, Ward, not Ward Cliff. Um, that's a Destiny thing. Um, but the founder of the town and the fa- town's uh, town founder's son or the city founder's son. I'm like, oh, we know that they're the bad guys. Like, they always are the bad guys. This is how it's going to go. Uh, you know, so that mystery plot, whatever. The, on tor- on the um, for me, what was more interesting, and I think adults watching it are going to be more interested for this, is like, like how does Ju- like Justice Smith's and Tim's relationship to Pokemon and his father and to his, and his mother who's passed away um, and to his grandmother who I think uh, who no grand grand is still alive because she was going to meet yeah. him at the station. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like figuring out that and navigating that family dynamic was way more interesting, complicated and nuanced. Um, so clearly the B plot for this movie was, you know, for us. 
Whereas the kids are going to be like, oh, he was the bad guy the whole time because kids are nowhere near as cynical. Although probably around like nine or 10, they'll figure it out early. But well, you know what? Figure it out. I will say that they played with it with the old bait and switch between both Howard and Roger Clifford. Yeah. Several times throughout the movie and in a way that was still fun as an adult watching it because yeah you're watching it and going yeah this is a trope we've seen many times clearly this is going to be it or there's going to be this bait and switch kind of thing and this is what's going to happen i didn't expect that the bait and switch was going to involve a fucking ditto (laughs) oh so i was so glad when it did but that's what i mean so they managed to catch me a grown-ass adult watching this where i was like oh well damn that was clever and going back to what you were saying about like you meet them and it's like oh you're the bad guys what i really liked about that is i did you watch the short that was done by nathan fillion for uncharted his little fan video that he did no oh we're supposed to we're supposed to watch it at game night and just never we just never did it's not long. It's like 15 minutes. Watch it without anybody else or watch it with Shannon. Trust me, watch it. It's awesome. Um, but you never actually played Uncharted, right? No, but I do have a PS3 in my basement that I'm supposed to hook up and play um, specifically for those games. Okay. Um, I, I played, I didn't finish them all, but I played most of them. I, I still have the last one I actually have to play, but I digress. What the movie, that short did, that was very fucking cool, is it wasn't just that it put Nathan Filio in situations that Nathan in Uncharted would have been in, but that there's a moment where it cuts to a, a gunfight. And literally, the camera angles as if it's going behind him in the same way that you'd get a transition in the game from a cinematic to gameplay and it was it was something that a person who doesn't play these types of games would not have picked up on like my wife didn't pick up on it but I, I mentioned it to her after but somebody like myself who played the game and who plays a lot of these types of third person rpg shooter games is like, oh my god, that was fucking brilliant. And then he's literally doing the the shooting from a ducking position behind or a crouch position behind something. All of these things that are in the game. And that's how I took this to be, where the character makes it to the big city and then meets the big bad. And and I liked that because it was a nod to all of the games, because let's be honest, all the fucking games are the same. But it was done in a clever way that it works in a cinematic way, but also as a nod to the games for those who have played them. I I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. What I really liked from the just overarching of the movie was how the all the Pokemon like transitioned nicely into being like not uncanny valley kind of creepy ass monsters, with the exception of Mister Mime. But I think that's intentional um, because Mr. Mime is creepy. That was Um, the best. (laughs) I I had one problem. Some of the Charmanders were not like perfect, but whatever. Charmander's great. Bulbasaur, the Bulbasaur scene towards the end of the movie was also phenomenal. Shannon was like, oh, my God, what are those ones? They're so cute. How many of them do you have? (laughs) uh, uh, And Squirtle. Did you catch the Squirtles in the black leather jackets at the end of the movie? Yes. Okay, because like uh, being a fan of Squirtle, I am aware of the episode. I'm aware I've I've seen it because bloiters are weird like that, and we um, had to watch the screen with our with our man. Um, I that I like literally got up like, oh my god, they got squirrels in black leather jackets. This is the best. So the only one that I had a problem with actually was the Flareon that appears in Harold's office much or sorry howard's office much later on when he evolves from an eevee i thought oh that looks a little off but that was the only one the rest of them i thought were phenomenal i just thought they looked amazing and we have to talk about how gorgeous and well animated the the detective pikachu was like holy fucking hell like when you are seeing this this character 
from being run from like the smart ass at the beginning through to the smart ass at the end. <laughs> but, but you're yeah. seeing real moments of grief and sorrow and confusion and everything. And they animated it so well. I'm not even going to talk about the voice acting yet, but just the animations were like, it's worth watching the film just to see that, in my opinion. Yeah, the the way uh, Detective Pikachu is animated is just so great. Like, you can see the, like, little bitty hairs from the fur, and uh, there's a scene towards the end where Pikachu is really, really hurt that's also just, like, really well. Um, and Arcanine and... Uh, and his evolved form was also like everywhere, and I was really excited about that because they're my my third favorite. Yeah, they're uh, yeah. We could go on about that for a while. So going back yeah. to the story, once he is in Rhyme City, then he heads over to go speak to Lieutenant Yoshida, played very well by Ken Watanabe. And at this point here, again, we know that something happened on the the train ride over. There was the paper talking about the detective that there was an accident, and so you find out, of course, that's his father who passed away, presumably. And so he heads over to the apartment, and there's there's a lot of nuance to these scenes because you really pick up on the fact that there's a lot of distance between Tim and Harry. There's there were some some issues as well. By this point, you still haven't found out about the mother having passed away and things like that. That's later yep. on, but you you can tell. Listen, I'm just here to get his affairs in order to basically clean out his apartment, and then that's it. We're done. And so when he heads over, he meets. Of course, there has to be a plucky reporter, Lucy Stevens, because. That if you're going to put a young female character in one of these types of shows, they have to be a plucky reporter, apparently. And and so he has a brief interaction with her. And this kind of sets off one of the things that I appreciate in the film, and, and again, especially in that third viewing, of looking for breadcrumbs. Uh, Vince and I just had a, a really fun episode of Popcorn Ronin that we just um, recorded on I Am Mother. And I was talking about that often because there were a crapload of breadcrumbs that were laid out early on brilliantly, really well done. So that when it comes up later on, you're not like, well, this is out of fucking nowhere. It's like, Oh, I see what you did there. That's clever. And there were moments of that in a fucking Pokemon movie where I'm watching it again on third viewing and I'm seeing the breadcrumbs of things that happened much later on and go, oh, well, goddamn, that's that was really fucking well done. And so when you get him in the apartment and he is looking around, that apartment says so much about his father the type of man his father was watching old detective movies, the awards that are framed on his, his wall because he takes pride in his work, the, the files that are there, because of course he can't let go of what he does. He brings his work home for him. And then there's the pristine bedroom that was meant for Tim when he was younger. And there's also his bedroom yep. that is well taken care of with the picture of the, his wife, Tim's mother, who clearly passed away. Like, that's a level of nuance that, again, when they were setting up, when they, they hired the people to do the set designs and to come up with everything and whatnot, they, they, they paid attention and they really made sure to put little things here and there so that if you're pausing and you're looking, you go, oh, well, shit, that, that was clever. That, that points to this and that's going to be referenced later on. And I, I really fucking dug that. I, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, the whole, like, he was a trainer, his mom gets ill, he has to stop doing the training, doesn't move in with his dad because his dad wasn't there for his mom. Like, it's all right there. Um, and also, so yeah, is Yeah, but it's, it's, it's there, but it's not presented in exposition. It's presented right. in the surroundings. And I fucking love, that was like, I was going to mention that earlier, the train ride over. Instead of having oh, right. this heavy exposition throughout... 
to explain everything. Now there's a video. He's watching a video. It makes perfect fucking sense. And you go into it. Having seen many such videos yourself when you're flying into a country or or you know, on a train ride into somewhere new or whatever. And so it's like, oh, well, shit. So when they do that at different points, like in that, that apartment, you're like, man, that was clever. That was well done. Yeah. I, yeah. And also, um, <laughs> my niece, Rosie, her favorite Pokemon is Licky Tongue. And she did go through a phase <laughs> of licking people. So... Yeah, that was funny. And again, it's it's understanding when you have to break a moment that's gotten way too serious, way too early kind of thing. And this is someone dealing now with the death of his other parent, an estranged parent of that. So you needed a moment to kind of break that apart. So, of course, let him get licked up the side of the face kind of thing. But it was it was well done. Now, once we are in the apartment, that's when we get the first introduction to the problem. The big bad problem in this movie is this purple smoke shit that makes Pokemon go batshit crazy. And there's some of that at Harry's apartment. So he finds it, opens it cloud of purple smoke that goes outside the the window and infects a bunch of monkey pokemons i don't know what the fuck they're calling apoms okay and yeah they're not happy (laughs) but before that you get the introduction to detective pikachu and in terms of what i was expecting for um how this would work of a human being able to converse with a Pokemon, and especially a Ryan Reynolds Pokemon, it exceeded my expectations. It was funny as hell. It worked. And there were even moments that throughout the film when they, they were talking, it's downright fucking touching. But that introduction absolutely worked. And that was big because, like, this is a buddy cop movie. Right. If the, the the two buddies are, the chemistry is not right, it ain't gonna work. And right from the fucking get-go, the chemistry between actors Ryan Reynolds and Justin Smith, as well as the characters of Pikachu and, and Tim Goodman, fucking works. Like, I mean, absolutely works. To the point where... When you and, and we're gonna kind of again bounce it around here. When you get to the scene way later on, where they're sitting down and the realization has come to Tim, well, both of them, that Harry is in fact dead. Spoiler, he is not. But in in terms of that moment, he absolutely is. And they're sitting down, and Tim Goodman has that that wonderful speech where he's talking about what happened and how he feels guilty about not coming back and being with his father and how he feels he'll never get that opportunity to tell him these things. I mean, that's a common thing, a common guilt that so many people have. But you have this moment between the two of them that is so bloody touching and ends with him saying, you know, I I haven't been very nice to you, have have I? No, and he's like, no, nope, no, you haven't. So but good. yeah, but it's because they've established this, like from this moment, that introduction all the way through, that it fucking works. That 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 buddy relationship between those two is brilliant throughout the entirety of the film. So that when you're seeing him being annoyed by him early on, which let's be honest, Ryan Reynolds can be a little annoying at times to then the end where it's like, he would fucking die for this Pokemon. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, we see them in, uh, in uh, the dad's apartment and Henry's apartment, you know, and they clearly don't get along. You know, Tim's got his issues and the Ryan Reynolds, you know, detective Pikachu is, um, I kind of half expected a Batman reference when the shadow was on the the, the wall. I was like waiting for it because, you know, Pokemon's ears because uh, of Pikachu's ears. I really expected that. And I don't know why, but we go and they deal with the, the rabbit a palms and then they're cracking jokes that are not 
kid friendly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, I put the stuff up my nose and all of a sudden it's like he's running around in his underwear, but it's great. Um, and we just see this organic development uh, of these two characters who do not get along. And, you know, it, it makes sense from a buddy cop trope standpoint that they have to get through this part. You know, uh, you know, Tim is a little bit Felix. Uh, Pikachu is a little bit Oscar. It just, you know, they've got that, you know, uh, oh, my God, uh, odd couple vibe going. But they pull it together. They go visit. They start looking for the clues. Um, and uh, which brings us to, like, Detective Pikachu's coffee addiction. Which, <laughs> like... I felt a little attacked, like just a little, um, but like, you know, we're going to the bar and I didn't see the, the, you know, and Jigglypuff is singing, um, karaoke in the background. Uh, Carrie Newton's character, Catherine Newton's character comes back in to give them the scoop of what's going on or like what Henry was investigating. Oh, you're Which, jumping way ahead there. I think I did. You what, jumped what, like, way ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like, I don't remember if Detective Pikachu went into uh, Ken Wanatabe's office. I don't think he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did at, at one point. But again, that's that's much later on. It's still much later. When you're talking about right. the bar scene, you're talking about when they are trying to work out what is going on. And, and that's when uh, Pikachu is trying to convince him. No, 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 no. You were told I was dead and I'm not dead. So obviously Harry's not dead either kind of thing. But I I'm, feel like there's three bar scenes oh there's a bunch of them uh yeah because they go back to it to meet lucy later on yeah but this was one of the the spots too where where you really get to appreciate ryan reynolds um improvise improvise oh my god a lot of pain meds today (laughs) improvisation i had it damn it steal my thunder uh when he delivers that line when he's talking about potential things that might be happening and then at one point he's like okay that last one doesn't work at all but the first two are real contenders and what it showed to me was that this wasn't just right i'm assuming that was improvised because there's a lot of those throughout the film and he's known for that what it did is it cemented for me this idea that reynolds had a clear grasp of what he wanted the character to be because he's not throwing improvs that you would hear Deadpool throwing or any other character he's played. No, this is Pikachu who is, you know, who's trying and yeah, a little bit of a smart ass, but still not necessarily the brightest also because he's a fucking Pokemon. And so you get these lines thrown out once in a while that you're going, Oh, goddamn, that was both cute and clever at the same time kind of thing. And uh, for me, it kind of started in that bar scene I, where I really was like, okay, you know what you're doing with this character. So I'm I'm in for it now. Let's see where you take it. Yeah, I just can't get over the way Justice delivered lines as well as uh, Ryan Reynolds is delivering lines to get, you know, their chemistry together was great, even though they probably did not see each other when they filmed it. And also just the, the way they're able to, I, I, what's the way, what I'm looking for? Just the way they're able to connect, you know, it's been ugh, this movie, like it's really bothering me how much I really liked it and how much I really want to watch it again. <laughs> you know, three times. <laughs> so you're, you're preaching to the choir there. So, yeah, we do have them go back and talk to Lucy because they do find out a little bit more. She is, again, the plucky reporter, so she has figured some shit out about this substance known as R, and you find out much later on it's essentially a, a being siphoned off of Mewtwo, and it drives Pokemon's batshit crazy kind of thing. You have some really cool scenes before that, though. Like, again, going back to that Mr. Mime scene... Right, the interrogation scene. Which was brilliant. Again, going back to 
Pikachu as a character that he's got nailed down. Pikachu is fucking horrible at charades. <laughs> like, right. Just horrible. And if you've played the guy, the games, Mr. Mime actually can put up invisible walls and different things like that. So when they play it up that Tim, Tim is like pretending to threaten him by, by burning him up and different things. It was so well done, so clever. And when when Reynolds delivers the line, that went dark fast. I like it. I like this very much. You're like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> like, yes, it's clearly a nod to any number of noir films and, and violent films. And, like, I, in my head, it just immediately clicked with Reservoir Dogs. And I was like, yes! if he mimes cutting off his ear, I'm out. I, I'm out. I can't do this. Well, he burned him. Text Roger. He just fucking burned him. Because <laughs> you hear the yeah. whoosh. <laughs> which on accident it was i it was so it, good it, they took a scene that could have been boring and thought hey, we have this roster of pokemons that we can use which would be the most interesting and put the fucking mime in, <laughs> in an interrogation and not only did it work it was when Pikachu's losing his shit and going, talk, you stupid mime. <laughs> going, that's all of us. That is always all of us whenever we see a mime. It was fucking Which, brilliant. Now I'm thinking about it. The mime was the source, right? Was Harry's source. Exactly. Again, but, it oh, all fit in. Pikachu didn't have. How did Harry deal with the mime, given that what we see as Pikachu, because spoiler, like his dad is the soul of his dad is in Pikachu right now. How did Harry deal with the mime? Like I was, he was better at charades. He doesn't like charades. What did he do to that mime to get the mime to talk? Anyway, Uh, from there we get taken to this, this club. And and once again, just to further prove my point at the start of the show, that it's fucking cage fighting. It's cock fighting for kids. This is just that. They're literally throwing Pokemons into an octagon cage and they're fighting it out. And like I mean, it was a it was a good scene. The evolution of that fucking Magikarp. Yet another moment where you're going, God damn, they spent some serious coin on these special effects. Cause that was astounding. I love that. And then you also get All the special effects in this were just so yeah, like ridiculously yeah. good. So this is where you also find out uh, because Pikachu gets decides to go into the cage with a fucking Charizard that he's scarred, <laughs> which was funny. They're stare down. <laughs> yeah, stare down, kid. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> uh, but that's when like, you find out that he's not only does he have amnesia, but he has forgotten how to use his powers as well. And it was a fun scene. And it's when you are actually, again, third viewing and you're going, what all is going on here? Holy shit, is there ever a lot going on in that scene with fucking Pokemons everywhere? The ditto is there as well. The the shit with the owner of the joint that's there. Like, there's a ton of stuff going on there. The DJ, one of the DJs is yes. low. I like, love to. What's what's the name of the Pokemon that does the beatboxing? Oh, Loudmore? I don't know, but those, it fit perfect. You're getting this like beatboxing oh, yeah. kind I of sound that from them. Was going like, that was awesome. Uh, and then back to the precinct again, and that's where he sees the video of the crash and what Nobby is trying to explain to him. I shouldn't say what Nobby, Yoshida, Lieutenant Yoshida, is trying to explain to him, like, nobody can survive this crash. Because what happened early on is that you saw this car speeding away from this secret facility and then being blown off the road, off a fucking bridge. And it's like, yeah, nobody would survive that kind of thing. And so then the video is kind of enhanced. And so then the kid understands, oh, okay, well, yeah obviously he's done and that's when you have that really touching scene when they're talking and like i mean justice smith pulls out the tears for this one it was really really well acted i i yeah. enjoyed it thoroughly i we, love the we well talked- that's a bad guy car <laughs> yeah but that was so good because that's like I'm, i had the i was thinking like oh that's a bad guy car and then just right on ronald's pikachu says it, i'm like oh this is this movie is really keyed into my brain that's 
Um, we haven't mentioned Psyduck at all, and I feel like that's <laughs> go I for feel it. Like go for service. it. So, in the world of Pokemon, everybody gets a partner Pokemon. Um, for whatever reason, well, for a variety of reasons, stemming from his mother's death and his uh, the feeling of abandonment by his dad, Tim just never got one because no Pokemon ever chose him to be the partner, um, which is a rule you learn way back in the first scene where the cu- the Cubone is crying and then uh, gets really pissed off because <laughs> um, uh, Tim didn't actually capture the Pokemon. But... Uh, our intrepid reporter, uh, Lucy Stevens, her partner Pokemon is a Psyduck, who is absolutely adorable. And at first you think he's a spy because that's how they introduce both Lucy and Psyduck. But the the way Psyduck is just so neurotic and uh, terrified of everything... Well, the uh, relationship between him and Pikachu makes the fucking movie. Like, oh, oh my god. God, yes. The foot no, massage. I will not massage you. <laughs> so let me get this straight. Uh we have to listen to this spa music so you don't get a headache and explode and kill everyone around us. No, I will not. Um perfectly great. And then just a little Psyduck. Psyduck. Um Yeah, it just like I there's a we could probably, and somebody probably has written a lot about what your partner Pokemon says about you and your personality, that the intrepid reporter who's got a nose for news and can find everything and has a stick to all of her anxieties are portrayed by Psyduck. Yeah. And they're portrayed so well in by Psyduck. And I just had to say, like, because even Psyduck gets, um, it'll, we'll be talking about it shortly, but Psyduck gets a couple of moments to be a hero too. So, hey, I agree. The the it's funny when you are watching this and you're trying to kind of analyze. Okay, well, which Pokemon are they going to use for which scenes? Because quite literally, at this point, there's what hundreds of them. There's there's a lot of those motherfuckers. They're all over the damn place. So the creators really have a lot of freedom of what would be the best for this scene. And then finding whatever that might be. And like in the case of the Ditto, which can morph into anything pretty much with the exception of the eyes, like they really played with that much later on. And you kind of can appreciate like, holy shit, like these people are, they're hitting their fan base as well and say, hey, we see you. Here's some cool shit. But we're also going to try to deliver on an interesting story as well. And yeah, there's a lot of tropes throughout. But again, you have to remember, this is a show for kids. The fact that it is as enjoyable for adults as it it is speaks to very clever writing. Because again, it wasn't their job to impress us. It was their job to get kids hooked on Pokemon. But they managed to do both. So, yeah, like the the stuff with, again, I keep going back to foot massage. <laughs> the foot massage in the car heading to the secret facility was brilliant. Like, it's, it, and again, I don't know if that was planned or if that was an ad lib from Reynolds as well, where they were like, well, fuck, now we have to animate that. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to pretend that that's what happened. Yeah. I think it, yeah. So they they get taken back to Clifford's office, and this is where you find out, well, you get told what may have happened because he has this fantastic holographic gizmo that allows him to see more from the footage of the accident with Harry. Now, there are a couple of points. Actually, I think there's only two points in the film where I was like, I really didn't like this. And this one part, this and it's quite literally a line for me, which will be apparent in a moment why, was one of those things where it was like, I almost wanted to stop the film. And, and I understand that's because of what it meant to me and not necessarily to everybody else. But it's, I, I'm, we need, be it screenwriters or directors, to think beyond a line and think of how it'll be received. When he says, Howard, and he's in a wheelchair, says, ever since this illness put me in this chair, Roger's taken over more and more of the company. 
being in a wheelchair doesn't take away things like that. And I get what they were trying to say, but as somebody with a disabled with a disability, listening to a line where they put an excuse on a wheelchair or any mobility device or things like that, that that's the reason why I wasn't able to run my company as well as I, I wanted to. And I understand it, it goes a little beyond that because of his, his illness, but clearly it wasn't enough that it stopped him from being a maniacal Bond fucking villain. That line should never have been in the film, and it offended me to no fucking end. And I'm not even on a wheelchair yet, though I've been pricing them, but I know people who are, and and I'm not saying on behalf of them, I was fucking offended. I hated that line. Yeah, I took that line, and I totally, I 100% see where you're coming from. So, like, I am not arguing with you about that. I'm just saying, from my perspective, that line was to show how bad uh, Rogers, uh, how bad the sun was to make us think that the sun was doing something like was really the secret was really the villain. Cause I felt like that was what the line was played for. That was their intention. Yeah. But, but their impact was like, fuck you. I totally get that. No, I, I understand what the intention was with the line, but sometimes you have to look at something and go, Ooh, but that could be read as this, so let's rewrite it to something better. It could still have the same impact and say the same thing in terms of the message without, you know, stabbing disabled people in the back. I, yeah. I We'll move on, but man, did I ever well, fucking bef- hate that. Before we move on, I do have to pitch that, like, if people do want, like, a lot of training material or to learn about the difference between intention and impact, you can reach out to me and I will do a training for you and your company at very low prices. Okay, because no, no, that's not what this podcast is, motherfucker. You're not even a regular guest. No, it's not. I can cut that shit. all the shit. No. Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So at this point, uh, Howard is showing them this hologram that's making it seem as if Mewtwo might have Harry that he somehow saved him and he's the reason why Pikachu doesn't have his memories. So it kind of gives them that spark to, okay, go figure this shit out, which leads to him going back to Lucy, the plucky reporter yet again, and back to this research facility where, you know, road trip, that's where the, the, uh, the Psyduck and Pikachu backseat thing, (laughs) Pikachu's in a car seat, a baby car seat. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But that's when you get a little bit more exposition on what has been happening, but it's exposition that's presented in an interesting way while still kind of touching on some exciting other news stuff. Like they, they kind of break apart and Lucy is having to contend with the, these fucking Greninjas or whatever they're called, things that have been enhanced. And he, Tim is going off with Pikachu to find this, another holographic kind of journal thing where they can, again, here's all the exposition, but presented in a really fucking cool way. And I was completely all right with that. And so then you get, again, more scenes of, let's be honest, it's eye candy, but in such a way that it moves the story forward. We get these incredible scenes with with Tim and Lucy trying to escape these fucking killer ninjas, which you find out much later on, they're the ones that actually attacked Harry's car. And you also have the Totera where it shows that they're trying to evolve them faster than normal. Again, there was that breadcrumb early on that just a few scenes later, when they're trying to escape through that, that area, then you get this massive fucking tortoise Pokemon shit coming out of nowhere where you're like, God damn, these special effects are like unbelievably cool. Yeah. Those, those tortas were, like i'm like uh we're gonna see like giant ones like a little bit because they're gonna be growing them out in the back or like we're gonna be like we're gonna be on the island because it says how tortoises are usually gigantic things um i had expected to be that fucking big and there's like three of them and our 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 heroes are being tossed around 
Um, also, this is one of the moments where Psyduck gets to be a badass um, because uh, Ryan Reynolds gives him a headache, which, you know, yeah, believable. totally works. Um, but uh, Psyduck basically has a gigantic, you know, psychic wave from his headache that uh, pushes all the Greninjas all the way. Uh, Greninjas also one of the few Pokemon types I do not have in Pokemon Go. Not that I'm complaining. I think I have one, actually. And I haven't played Pokemon Go in a long time now. If I could it's what it, I, I use would. for calculating steps and uh, to help entertain my niece and my nephew when my brother just wants to eat a bite of his sandwich. Well, I'm not knocking the game. I played it for a while. But sadly, I don't move around a lot, so a lot of the game is wasted on me. Yeah, but anyways, uh, moving on, we're gonna kind of skip ahead a little bit because we don't need to go over every minute detail of, of what happened in it. But there are a few beats that are important when they escape. Well, not before they escape the the lab, but when they're going through a lot of the journals, you find out that Pikachu is the one that freed Mewtwo. Now, up until this point, you believe Mewtwo is the one that killed Tim's father, so you're like. Pikachu deceived him and you have this moment where Pikachu decides to split from Tim saying listen I'm just I can't be trusted I don't know what I'm going to do which leads to the scene that I was talking about where I was laughing at like midnight if not later out loud and that is sad Pikachu singing the Pokemon theme song by himself oh my god Greatest fucking thing in the movie. (laughs) Bar none. As awesome as the special effects were, as awesome as the acting was from the majority of the cast, these touching scenes, everything. No. Sad Pikachu singing the theme to Pokemon was... I Every time I see it, I laugh out loud. (laughs) Chef's kiss perfect. Just... Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) He even throws his little fist up at one point. <laughs> yeah, that was a moment when Shannon was getting very sad. So, which leads us to our finale, which is in town. There's a great big fucking plan that Harold has to distribute this gas through giant balloons during a parade. You're getting an epic battle between Mewtwo and Pikachu, where he fucking kicks ass, and this what I thought was a very clever reveal for the Ditto impersonating um, Howard's son, Roger. Again, I thought it was very cleverly done for a show that's aimed at kids and still is trying to impress adults. So that entire ending worked completely for me. Everything made sense. There were a couple of things that I didn't see coming and still some very fun little quips too like when he's riding the the pigeo or pigeon or whatever and he's saying where did you learn to fly the ground (laughs) (laughs) well and also um while while pikachu is fighting mewtwo don't forget we have tim dealing with uh the ditto which is terrifying because the ditto is just changing like dittos do just changing forms into a whole bunch of different other pokemon and people including a throwback and a callback to the cubone that rejected yeah, yeah. Him <laughs> the beginning of the movie which made me so happy it was so funny what what was funny about that is at that point um tim is hanging from a fucking window on a skyscraper and ditto changes into the cubone and it's not like he's like bashing his fingers to get him down. Nope, he's just tapping gently with his little bone and tap, 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 and move over. Let's go to the other one. Tap, tap, tap. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I was saying boop, 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 but I didn't push the push the talk button. I was like boop, boop, boop. So good. So, yeah. And then, of course, the film ends on a very positive note. Everything has to be undone and fixed because, of course, it's a Pokemon film. The real Roger comes out because Rogers are fucking heroes, people. Get that in your head. And you also get these fantastic... (laughs) Don't laugh. You get these fantastic scenes where Mewtwo is also essentially bringing back Harry. So... And that's the reveal of, oh, that's Ryan Reynolds. And that was my second problem with the film. But by that point, I'm so fucking happy with the film that I'm like, eh, that's all right. 
he would have recognized the voice. Like, if that's his old man, even if he's been estranged from him, he would recognize the voice. That was the only thing. And again, that's a minor thing. It means fuck all. By then, I still was like, oh, yes, finally kind of thing. But but yeah, that was the only the only other thing. I dug that scene and like, you know, whatever. He got to see his dad and they're going to hang out together and like become private eyes. And we're going to get another hope, another, you know, adorable Pokemon movie. I would watch a shit out of that. Okay. Yeah, so I would totally watch it. Parting thoughts. Um, so Pokemon is a gigantic behemoth of a moneymaker for Nintendo and Niantic. And they still managed to, uh, invest enough to make a you know a decent enough kids movie but um with enough you know a well-written very clever b plot that was like i really thoroughly enjoyed that part like the mystery who gave a shit like the family interaction stuff oh my god that family interaction stuff was so wonderful um i loved it so i would give it uh three squirtles out of five really not three and a half or is it just because you don't want to split a squirrel in half? <laughs> I don't want to split a squirrel in half. You don't. That's, that's awful. I will say that when I watched it the first time, I would agree with you. When I watched it the second time, because I watched it with my wife and son, and there's that that bonding together with this. Because, again, my son did grow up watching Pokemon. He It was before his time, but because it's always been around, he has grown up watching it. He's grown up playing it as well. So it is something that's been in our house. And then I've... I, I actually... I, I might have played more of the games than my son has. And so we, we do know the IP. Not intimately, but we do know it. So when we were watching it together, it was like, this is fun. You know, like sometimes it's not um, high cinema. It's not meant to be something that you're going to be giving Academy Awards to and things like that and something that moves people. No, it's it's that's not what it's meant to be. It's meant to be a fun movie that you can watch with your family and really enjoy. And it's then a fun kids movie. And when I watched it the third time today for this very specific reason, that's when I was breaking it down a lot more. And that's when I'm the, the, the writer in my brain is going like, okay, this was really clever. It, it, it maybe didn't come across on the screen as being that clever because it was just a second on the screen or two seconds or a throwaway line or whatever. But when you're kind of thinking about it and thinking of what it took to put the screenplay together, you're going, yeah, that was clever. This was well done. This little scene here, really nice this scene really allowed justice to shine this one reynolds to shine like again there were a lot of very clever beats throughout the entirety of the film that i would easily peg it as a four out of five now and again while it's not a film that i would say everyone should definitely watch like i i would not tell my folks you got to watch this because it would be wasted on them. And there's a lot of other people who aren't into Pokemon at all that it would be wasted on them as well. But fuck, if Pokemon have been around so goddamn long that even if it wasn't your generation like me, it was your kid's generation or somebody that you know. You know these characters now. And especially with Pokemon Go... You have this this wealth of people that are like, well, I just want to know a little bit more about these characters that I'm catching or whatever kind of thing. And it's just silly fun. And there were enough really well done character and story elements that you're willing to forgive a lot of the tropes and a lot of the childish things to appreciate the really killer scenes that were throughout. So, yeah, I I would easily put this as and actually as four out of five pokemons so with that we are gonna wrap it up marty thanks so much for this episode this was this was a ton of fun i'm glad that you enjoyed it we could chance to do it and like we get to be two old dudes talking about pokemon i love it exactly so you can check out the show notes at pokemon ha so you can check out the show notes at popcornronin.com you can find 
uh, Marty on Twitter at Officer Gleason, myself at Zen Buddhist. Let us know what you thought about the film. And it's perfectly all right if you're like, you guys are fucking tripping. It wasn't that good. And it's a kid's show. That's that's fine. Let us know. But if there was something in it that you were like, you know what? This scene really kind of, I dug it. It did something for me. Let us know, man. I'd love to hear about it. And with that, we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>